0: Welcome to the Brave Insider Podcast, introducing your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner from Ireland, Phil Irish Thunder Campbell,
1: and his opponent, fighting out of the red corner
0: from South Africa, Jason J. Money. Shall we?
2: What's up, full? What's happening, buddy? you good. Always well. Always well. And welcome to everyone uh, to episode two of the Brave Insider podcast. Lots happening last week with the official announcements coming out about the podcast. Lots of support we're receiving from. Pretty much everywhere i mean i take the 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 listeners are are pretty much from all over the world we've got guys from the us from europe from africa south africa ireland obviously so (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, the, the response has been absolutely fantastic um and it's something that we've we've talked about um privately what we want to do with this podcast is make it as interactive as possible so hit us up on social media if there's things you want to know about Brave, if there's things you want to know about our fighters, if there's things you want to know about myself and Jason, just ask us and we want to know those questions and we want to develop that relationship with you guys, the Brave Nation.
2: And also during Fight Week, we are going to do a lot more. So we will be doing daily podcasts during Fight Week, but we'll also be doing you know live Instagram videos and social media videos. So if there's stuff you want to see, if there's stuff you want, you know, specific guys you want us to talk to during fight week and ask specific questions, let us know because we will both be there. So it's, uh, it's pretty quick for us to grab. And, and also, if anyone wants to, you know, submit their questions via, via voice note to us on social media or by or video, you know, we can always include that into the podcast as well, which should be fun.
1: Yeah, this, as, as a fan of Brie of Combat Federation, you have a unique position. We are quite literally the Brie of Insiders. You have an all-access pass to Fight Week. I don't think any other organization in the history of mixed martial arts will give you this kind of access to what goes on on Fight Week. So make use of that. Let us know what you want to see.
2: And people know we're generally going to get ourselves into situations that that we're probably not supposed to. So ask us anything and we might just actually get it done.
1: (laughs) It's a polite way of saying we're going to get ourselves in trouble, Jay.
2: Probably, yeah. So, I mean, you know, again, <laughs> yeah. ask it, ask it whatever you want to have a look at or what you want to see and we'll, we'll probably try and arrange it somewhere until, until they tell us we're not allowed to. Perfect. So, again, as I said, so the big announcement coming out is, uh, is, is Fight Week coming up soon for the London event. Um, the London event itself is obviously something different. You know, as usual, Brave are trying to pioneer and do things that don't normally get done. So, it is a mm. VIP-only, you know, invite-only event closed off um you know guys will obviously be able to watch it it will be available on brave tv and all our normal tv platforms but it is going to be a black tie vip event you know the the kind of people that are, are, are going to be attending this thing Sheikh khalid you know amir khan will be there so th- there's going to be a lot of celebrities and those announcements will come out as the weeks progress as well every week i'll i'll kind of put out there who who possibly could be attending the event from a celebrity list as well which should make it interesting it's a I've I've never I haven't I don't think I've been to an event where you can watch people punch each other in the face and look behind you and see people in tuxedos.
1: Well, the the great and powerful Nolo Keefe said to me that it's gonna have that feel of like a, a Bond villains lair. You know, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have everybody sit it and booted just watching fights, uh, fights front and center. Um, you said it's a, it's a black tie event. I can still get away with wearing a purple
2: blazer, right? Uh, as long as you got a black tie with a pur- or pur- a purple tie could work, I suppose
1: I'm a rock bow tie I thing. I think I'm going to go like full full purple blazer so a nice pair of high tops and a purple bow tie. That's a good look, right?
2: It sounds great. I think it's a good idea
1: uh, it's dude it's going to be an unreal event as you say it's it's an exclusive event. so for me, it's a smart move by brave because you're creating that kind of exclusivity. It's going to feel more like a a movie premiere uh, in the centre of London. So what we're doing is we're drawing that attention to mixed martial arts, shining a spotlight on that. And I think it's a great way of of really elevating the sport. You know, there's a little bit of a differential between the potential of mixed martial arts globally and the fulfilment of what it should be. So I think an event like this really bridges that gap. And it's really, as I say, going to elevate it to the next platform by bringing... the 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 eyes of the media not just the mma media but the media at large on this event
2: and i think also if you look at 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 sports events generally it's not often that you're going to get you know political dignitaries and 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 royal families as well as business people high-ranking business people and celebrities all in the same event you'll have events where you'll have one or one group or two groups. But it's not often you're going to get one event that brings people from all over the world in all three of these spaces into one event, yeah, which yeah. is why it's not just an MMA event. It's not just a sports event. It's a networking event. It's it's the growth of the sport. It's relations between countries. It's business networking. It's everything all rolled into one event. And the kicker is you get to watch people fight at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the 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 fight's on the card. You know, as well as it being an unbelievable, sort of all-encompassing experience. You know, for me, front and center is mixed martial arts. The, you know, the, the, card, the card's unbelievable. And once again, you know, credit has to go to the matchmaking team for putting on some of these fights.
2: And, and again, it, it's taking mixed martial arts into industries and putting it in front of people that probably generally wouldn't attend an MMA event. So, so that's also growing the sport into areas where it might not be that accessible or, or be pushed into at the moment. And talking about the fight card, you know, Brave's commitment always is that every region we go into, we want to grow the local athletes, the local sport in that region. So out of the eight fights, eight eight guys on the card are from the UK, and, and that is a big focus for us as well.
1: From the UK and Ireland, Jay.
2: Uh, UK yeah, and is, Ireland. That is correct. So, so I, th- I think, you know, as be, being the man who does more research on on fighters than anyone else I know, Give us, give us a bit of a breakdown on your thoughts on on the undercard. I mean, I know you've had a look at it, but let, let's start at the undercard and, and, and see
1: where we go from there. Well, the the, the undercard is absolutely stacked full of, of guys with so much potential. You've got a guy like uh, Hussein Ayad, who himself is a product of the, the IMAF system. You know, he's meddled extensively uh, within the IMAFs, which for people that don't know are the Amateur World Championships uh, and they've given birth to some of the best fighters in, in the world. So I think um, that's an illustration of, of, of somebody going from the amateurs, progressing right up to, to the professional levels. Then speaking of the IMAFs, you've got an IMAF world champion in Gamzat, Magomedov, taking on Ireland's very own Ian Concrete Cleary. So that, for me, that's, that's an unbelievable fight. The, the fact that that's on the prelims shows the depth of this card. Moving right up along, you have the tri-star product, Louis Sanadakis. His name is not just fun to say. He's incredibly fun to watch. Guy comes out of the southpaw stance. He's incredibly difficult and has an unbelievable, an unbelievable gym behind him, headed up by Faraz Sahabi. And then you've got a guy like Rami Ahmed. You know, We've seen in his last fight against Ghazan Muzagazaev the type of knockout power that Rami Ahmed has. It's one punch separate from your senses kind of knockout power. So the the prelims and the undercard there—that's just a couple of guys that are involved.
2: And, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot and tell me which is the fight you're most excited to call out of the undercard.
1: Oh, on oh, the prelims, oh man, ooh, for me it's gotta be Gamzat, Michael Medov fighting, uh, fighting Ian Cleary. Uh, Gamzat with that that heavy wrestling style, that almost Khabib-esque type of style, and Ian Cleary himself. Is a multiple-time uh, Irish amateur champion, and, you know. I think that that's a real interesting stylistic matchup, and and one I can't wait to get on
2: the call for. I think for, for me, uh, you know, again, I'm I'm a stand-up fan. I'm a knockout fan. Obviously, boxing boxing is the first love. So R- Rami Hammer is going to be the pick for me. Yeah, um, I'm he, hoping to see dude. another smashing knockout from him. But let's see what happens on that one.
1: Yeah, but the like I said, the power that man can generate. He's he's a knockout artist in the truest sense of the word. When he hits you, you stay hit. It's kind of like a. He reminds me of kind of like a if it was a footballer like a Roberto Carlos. Do you know what I mean? When he when he when he hits that strike, it stays hit all the way to the back of the net. In the same way that when Rami Ahmed hits you, you stay hit all the way down to the canvas.
2: And that's also what makes him exciting is you you can't look away because at any second that one punch knockout power can just dismantle a fight and you go oh i missed it like in the one second you weren't watching
1: exactly yeah he's, he's, he's what he, he's the type of the type of fighter that can go that can go viral because of the, the the power that he commands in his hands and as i say he's he's a dangerous
2: dude and then looking at the at the main card i think uh, go through the first two fights for us and, and then we'll move on to the co-main event and main event
1: oh the 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 opening the main card you've got uh, amir al uh, people may remember Amir al-Bazi coming from uh, his last fight against Shorty Torres. Took Shorty, now people didn't necessarily know who Amir al was and there was a lot of fanfare surrounding Shorty's debut in Brave Combat Federation. But Amir went in there, fought diligently, uh, took Shorty all the way to decision, even winning one of the rounds. Uh, he didn't come away with the win that night, but his reputation was further enhanced. It was his first fight out of Europe uh, and he, he performed beautifully. And I think he's really going to push on now. Um, he's, he's only 25 years old, so he still has a lot of growth there. 11-1 uh, and one as a mixed martial arts professional with 10 finishes. Six in the first round, four by way of rear naked choke. Uh, he's a really, really interesting prospect that has the potential to, to make a real dent in the flyweight division. But Jay, he is not going to have it all his own way. He's fighting the Brave Combat Federation debutante, the SBG Ireland product. Blaine O'Driscoll, 27 years old, 7-2 and two in his mixed martial arts career. A really, really interesting fighter. Trains with some absolute savages um, at SBG Ireland under the tutelage of John Kavanagh. He's a BJJ purple belt and a two-time Irish amateur champion. Has won a variation of a world title in global mixed martial arts coming off a win in the Ukraine. So that, again, just unbelievable matchmaking front and centre and opening the main card of Brave Combat Federation 24 in London.
2: And then, obviously, one of the guys that I think is one of the most exciting talents we have in Brave, Aiden James, is next up on that one.
1: Yeah, th- this, this kid, he is a Welsh wizard, as Nolo Keith coined it. He's a fantastic prospect at 4 0 as a professional mixed martial artist, 3 0 in Brave Combat Federation. You know, three knockouts, one submission, consistently fought the best possible opponents. He fought Tommy Martin at Brave Combat Federation 13 uh, in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Put him away. He, then he fought Tommy's teammate, Franz Malambo. I think it was Brave 17 uh, in Pakistan.
2: Incredible um, fight fact that as well.
1: Yeah, he, he hit a reverse half guard and put in a, a rear naked choke. What was really interesting, what I really liked about that fight was he secured the choke. Franz didn't tap. Franz went out. And after the referee separated them, Aidan didn't celebrate, he, he didn't go crazy his main concern was Franz, so Franz woke up, asked him what just happened there, Aiden says I choked you out, Franz said to him fair play they shook hands and that was the end of it so <laughs> that that just, show, that just shows the kind of mentality that this guy when he's in there, an absolute savage but outside of it, an absolute gentleman, super dangerous Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt um, under uh, Ash Williams uh, at Chris Ree Academy uh, in Swansea uh, and then he's fighting the veteran Cameron Else. you know, this guy's a real tough, grizzled kind of veteran. Seven and four is a professional, currently getting uh, his work done out at uh, Jackson Winklejohn in Albuquerque, New Mexico.
2: It's a good gym, that. They've got yeah, a, yeah. A, a, a couple of pretty good fathers there.
1: Yeah, yeah, they've got, so they've got some <laughs> real interesting up-and-coming dudes there at uh, Jackson Winklejohn. I, I say you keep an eye on them. There might be, there might be some, uh, some decent guys coming out of there, but, you know, on the, with that kind of training behind him, uh, again, he's a BJJ uh, Brown Belt so what tends to happen is when you get guys that are real elite grapplers going against each other, you, you could see somebody getting knocked out. But we know, Aiden Probably. James, we know Aiden James has that knockout power. Let's go back to his last fight against uh, Jalal al And he landed at a near picture-perfect hook. And they just clipped him on the chin, dropped Jalal, who's tough as nails, by the way. And then Aiden finished up. You know, Aiden may only be 4-0 as a professional, but if he can come through this kind of a test, he's knocking on the door for title contention. But in the same breath, Cameron Els can spill that momentum and place himself front and centre as a contender for Stephen Loman's crown at Bantamweight.
2: But I think also like, there's a big difference between 4-0 and 0 when you look at who you fought.
0: Like, yeah, Francis yeah.
2: Lambeau being part of your 4-0 and 0 is, is, not a, is not an easy guy to beat with a small record. So it depends on who the 4 is as well. And the 4 he's beaten... Are some pretty good guys with some pretty decent records. Yeah, I I, I talked to Aiden um, right after
1: his win in eh, Jordan. You know, listen, to you know you're you're banging on the door for a title shot here, and just as chilled out and as cool as you like. He was like, nah, I'm going to take another couple of fights." And I love that. I love that kind of mentality. Where it's like, at 24 years old, he's in no rush. He's happy to add to his tools. He's happy to become the best possible fighter he can. And he's always training. He's always got the head down. Recently, he went on like a, a little bit of a break with, with his girlfriend. They went to, to New York. While he was in New York, he made a point of getting some time in at the Hensel Gracie Academy. So I just love the thought of that. You know, you go away with your misses. You're going away for a little bit of time to chill out. And you sneak off to Hensel Gracie's to do a little bit of jujitsu. I love that kind of mentality. Always works,
2: always works. And then again, one, one of the ones that obviously excites you quite a bit, I'm sure, is uh, the co-main event in this one with uh, Mister Kian County.
1: Oh man, like you know, ugh. this fight has me pumped for a number of reasons. Full disclosure, I want to say Mazek Garzuski, the Magic Man, is a teammate of mine. So I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there, but that will not impact my ability to call the fight. I'm just saying I've got a little bit more in-depth knowledge of what's going on here. Kian Carly, we know, is a devastating striker. He's perhaps one of the best, if not the best, exponent of Muay Thai for MMA. This man has absolutely devastating leg kicks. We saw that against um, Hardeep Ryan in Bahrain, uh, a team. He landed those leg kicks, and it, yes, it was a TKO finish, but what started everything was dropping hard deep with that leg kick and following
2: up. And also, the you other know, thing he has are those, are those horrible elbows when someone shoots on him. He just lands them, and they just look like they're causing an insane amount of damage.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. With these canes coming from that Muay Thai background where he's used to compete in a maybe 10-ounce or 8-ounce gloves, with these four ounce mixed martial arts gloves, there are gaps there for elbows, there are gaps to turn over the elbow. And as we say, you know, one of the best exponents of Muay Thai for MMA, multiple time Irish national champion in Muay Thai and K1, he's also an Irish national champion in cage Muay Thai. Now, if you haven't seen cage Muay Thai, it is devastating. It's essentially full Muay Thai rules, but with MMA gloves. So I think that was a great, almost transitionary period for Cian Cowley. Um, and he's, he is just a devastating striker. And I think, I, think Paul, I also
2: heard something about the fact that even after he'd stopped doing Muay Thai for, for a year, he was still no, the number one rank. That's how far ahead he was of anyone else.
1: Yeah, light years ahead of, of, of anybody else uh, on on the, the Irish Muay Thai scene. And, you know, he, he's an owner and operator of his own gym. So he... He lives and breathes martial arts. Again, training out of SBGI under the tutelage of John Kavanagh. He's, he's a super dangerous prospect and, and has transitioned now you know, full-time to MMA. And he's getting that work in. I think what's going to be a real interesting X factor in this fight is going to be the wrestling. Because we saw it in his last fight against uh, John Bruin. He spent a lot of time pressured up against uh, the cage. I think it was a good game plan by John Bruin, to kind of close the distance, take away some of the best tools that Kian Cowley has in those leg kicks and just pressure, pressure, pressure. But Kian is not going to... He's not in for an easy night. There are no gimme fights in Brave Combat Federation. Magic, the magic man, Gerzuski, fighting out of IFS Belfast. Polish-born, Belfast-made. This young man has a 5-4 and four professional record. But what's interesting is, every one of his five wins have come by KO or TKO. And every one of his losses have come by submission. So this guy is an incredibly exciting fighter. He's a real kind of go out on your, if you're going to go out, go out on your shield kind of fighter. If you're going to finish the guy, you're going to put him away completely. Four wins in the first round. A a very dangerous guy. He's been working diligently on his striking and his wrestling. So I'm really, really looking forward to this So fight. do you think
2: there's going to be a stand-up war where both guys are just going to stand and beat the crap out of each other? Or you think we're going to see some wrestling in ground game as well?
1: I think, I think we're going to see Kane try and establish that distance early. But, you know, Magic, I think, is going to fight him in essentially the confines of a phone box. Masiak's going to get right up into his face and turn this fight dirty and ugly. Uh, it's going to make for, for a hell of a fight. It's going it's to be a fire fight. It's going to be a good you know, one, man. These guys, yeah, both these guys are incredibly exciting, incredibly dangerous. Kian himself has two wins in mixed martial arts, both by way of KO or TKO. Another interesting wrinkle of this fight is Kian has fought Majek's teammate, Daniel alenchik That was a part of uh, the Belfast Brave show, Brave 13. So it's going to be interesting. I think that maybe gives um, Majek something interesting to work with. Training with Daniel, who's already been in there with Kane, he's already felt what he's like in the cage. So that's going to be a little bit of an interesting story. Is Magic going out there solely for himself, or is he going out there, you know, for a little bit of revenge after Kane beat his teammate? Kane himself has said that he sees Magic as a better version of Daniel, an upgraded version. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how this fight unfolds.
2: And then, obviously, the the main event the title fight, the one that. I cannot wait to watch is Baba Badman Jenkins versus Lucas Martins. That I mean, that fight is just going to be insane.
1: Oh man, you know the Key and Kylie Magic fight could have headlined a card, and there was it, it had to take something big. It had to take something huge to supersede that fight as the main event. And Brave Combat Federation once again came through. Bubba Jenkins, the Brave Combat Federation featherweight champion of the world, defends his title against the former Brave Combat Federation lightweight champion of the world. These two guys are going to clash in the featherweight division. And I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing about it, Jay. I'm absolutely buzzing yeah. Before, before I do a deep dive into this, what are you thinking about this fight? So, I mean, I,
2: I saw Lucas' fight in, in, in Brazil, and it's probably one of the best fights I've watched, where him and his opponent took a photo of the both of them in wheelchairs in hospital afterwards. And, 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 I mean, they weren't people that hated each other. They were just guys fighting against each other. And that fight was one of the best fights I've watched in terms of just two guys absolutely having a war. We know that Lucas is extremely tough. I think the only yeah. question is, is going to be what the cut down to featherweight is going to, to gonna be like for him and how it's going to impact him. I know that, that they have been doing test cuts and they have been doing all of these things and managing the weight cut to make sure it's not going to have a major impact on him. So a, a part of his camp has been around the weight cuts and making sure it won't have too much of a you know, long-term impact on him. But Bubba's yeah. wrestling for me is what's going to be the main differentiator in this. Is, is Lucas going to yeah, be able to stop that? Or is Bubba just going to enforce his will, take him down, and like he did with Smiley, just literally grind him out in the fight?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Bubba Jenkins isn't just a good wrestler. You know, you, you hear about guys, be, oh, like, his wrestling is, is wrestling's really good. No, Bubba Jenkins is a world-class level wrestler. A 2008 NCAA Division One runner-up at Penn State, then a 2011 NCAA Division One champion at Arizona State University. Now, let's put that into context a little bit. Winning an NCAA Division I title for a wrestler, that's tantamount to to a submission grappler winning the the ADCC Absolute Division. You know, Bubba Jenkins is essentially a black belt in wrestling. As you say, we've seen it beautifully against Elias Boudetisdown. He almost lulled Elias into overcommitting to the strikes to get involved in trading and then entered beautifully into his takedowns because he's coming from that southpaw stance. His entries against an orthodox fighter are that little bit different. He has that advantage. But make no mistake, Bubba's also got hands on him. In his 13 professional wins, he has five wins via KO or TKO. So he does have power in those hands. So what you might see him do is use his feints, you know, threaten with the takedown and come over the top with a a big overhand left. So it's just... So I'm I'm genuinely excited about this fight. As soon as it got announced, man, I could not wait.
2: Yeah, and 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 again, like if if not, if you haven't yet, go on and 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 give both of these guys a follow, and and you'll see the personalities both of them have. But uh, Badman Jenkins is not someone who's gonna who's, who's gonna take this, you know, gonna apologize for being who he is. He's gonna tell you how he's gonna win. He's gonna tell you where he's gonna win. He's gonna tell you how he's gonna keep the belt. He's definitely a guy that you want to do an interview with and I think we should actually do one before, yeah, before fight definitely. week and just kind of pull him in and see what his opinions are because uh, as I said, he's not yeah. going to hide behind anything. He's going to tell you exactly where this fight's going to go.
1: No, the, 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 dude's, the dude's awesome. He's an awesome personality. Has an has an, unsha- an unshakable faith, you know, an unshakable religious faith and not only that, an unshakable faith in himself. You know, he's got great support around him. You know, his wife, Ashley is you know his his biggest fan, his biggest supporter. So he he's got a great environment around him that cultivates th- this winning personality, this winning ethos. It's the same with the guys training, the guys he's training at at Black House MMA, which is an absolute powerhouse in world mixed martial arts. So he's just you can't help but but be consumed by this infectious personality that Bobby Jenkins has. Uh, he's, he's one of the great characters of the sport, one of the great competitors of the sport, and now one of the great champions of the sport. And
2: then I mean Lucas is just also an incredible fighter. He's been around for long. You know, he's got a big fan base, a big following. Um, you know, he did have an injury in, in 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 his last fight fighting for the belt. So so he definitely wants mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to fix that, come back and win another belt. That that's where he is at this time of his career as well.
1: Yeah, but but he wants to come back and win another belt and do something that nobody has done. Uh, in Brave Combat Federation and become a champion at two different weights. That would be huge. You know, that that in and of itself, uh, not only fighting for the belt is a massive motivator for Lucas, but but the potential to become a guy that has won two world championships in two different divisions is huge. He's a proven finisher. 20 professional wins, 17 finishes. That means that he's finished 85% of the men that he has fought in mixed martial arts, that is huge. Because what you usually see is as guys evolve and get better, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. So guys get better together and you see these stalemates. So to be able to be that guy that pulls out a little bit in front and is consistently finishing people, that to me just shows how impressive Lucas is. You know, I think the move down to 145 to the featherweight division, I think it's a smart move. I think this is going to be better for him. I think his frame is better suited to 145. I think he's perhaps slightly undersized at lightweight. So I think he's really going to push on, and I think we're going to see almost um, like an upgraded version of Lucas Martins coming into this fight. And
2: also, he, he's durable. I mean, in those fights, he, he, he can't take punishment. I mean, he can't take shots. He, he he can keep coming. I mean, he's he's been in some wars. And, and in my opinion, I honestly, I see this fight going the distance. I see it going five rounds, and I see it just being... An absolute war between both of these guys. That—that's my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's my early prediction.
1: Um, I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to dive into your prediction yet because I just there are so many variables in this fight, and I just think it's going to be so exciting. You know, you've got the—the the, I've called Lucas Martins before, the prototypical Brazilian striker, super aggressive, fantastic muay Thai, great kicks, but he's also capable of pulling the submission out. You know, we saw that in his Brave debut when he submitted Fabian Galvan with a darts choke. I think that was Brave 3 in Kuroshiba. So he has that in his locker as well. Fantastically well-rounded. But that Muay Thai is so dangerous. Again, I think it's going to be... Um, there's elements of the Kumi event in this as well. I think Lucas is going to try and establish his distance early on and Bubba's going to get into his face, rough him up a little bit with the threat of the takedowns. Just... Ah oh, man! I'm just excited
2: for so it. since you don't wanna make predictions, I'm gonna force you to make one. Give me your fight of the night prediction for the card Oh
1: okay, oh, fight of the night, mm, this is interesting. I'm gonna to have to go with Kean Kylie and magic, you know, knowing Kean as I do and knowing what kind of fighter in the mentality he has you know he doesn't do boring fights, you know he's incredibly exciting and knowing magic as I do, saying you know. You know, he is a teammate of mine, and I've 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 seen how how he's been developing and training. Uh that just has all the earmarks of a fight of the night kind of kind of throwdown. Yeah, I don't
2: think there's going to be a what single a, fight. What about you? What about you? I don't Jay? think there's going to be, what be a single Jay? fight that's gonna that's gonna disappoint on this card. But if 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 the main event goes where I think it's going to go, which is a five round fight, I think it's going to be be fight of the night, but for sure.
1: So r- regardless, yeah, I think we're in for a. Uh, we're in for a genuinely fantastic night of mixed martial arts. Yeah, it's
2: going to be incredible. So so carrying on, I mean, we did speak and touch very briefly last time on uh, on the other segments that we're going to be bringing to the show. And one of them, which I'm very excited about, and I know you are too, because we've enjoyed uh, story time with Unc- Uncle Kerrick at uh, Fight Week a few times <laughs> yes. ourselves. But uh, to introduce that kind of thing, we we have got uh, carrying on with origin stories. We have got Kerik's uh, origin story as well. So uh, that segment will, will will follow this one. But uh, just also want to give a, a, a shout-out to uh, the Bahraini national team. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm in Bahrain yes, at the moment, so I get to see kind of everything mm-hmm. that's happening with the team. And, uh, you know, they, they they finished off the Africa Open, moved on to the European Open, and are still ranked the number one team in the world in in, in MMA. So a big shout-out yeah, to a, them. Yeah, that's absolutely Yeah, cool. especially, you know, four that's years awesome. later, a lot of work, a lot of – Commitment from uh, from Sheikh Khalid, the team, and all the people around it, and uh, the number one ranking is not easy to get. You know, we, we...
1: no that, and it doesn't happen by mistake either. You know, that that's there's a lot of hard work has gone in behind the scenes there, and and again, massive congratulations to the and IMF team, and and uh, congratulations to Sheikh Khalid for. For, for his commitment to mixed martial arts, not just at the professional level, but also at the amateur level.
2: So uh, we're going to finish the episode off with uh, the origin story of, uh, of Uncle Kirik. Next week, we'll be getting the origin story of the Roaring Lion himself. That is one I cannot <laughs> wait for, uh, is to get uh, Carlos's origin story in there, see how he got to Brave and, and, and kind of his route into mixed martial arts and everything he's done. And uh, next week we'll we'll pick up on any other breaking news that's coming out. We'll try and see if we can get uh, one of the fighters from the from the London card onto uh, onto a call with us. I'm thinking possibly Bubba Jenkins. Good, if there's anyone that else good. that the listeners want us to get onto, you know, please pop us a message on Brave Insider Podcast, social media, my social media, full social media and uh you know Jay, what, what
1: is what is your social media what is your social media where can people find you so
2: on so on uh, instagram it's jd von skulkwake on facebook jason von skulkwake you can grab me on there and brave insider podcast is brave insider pod at brave insider pod across all platforms and your social media full
1: you can find me on instagram uh, at pc underscore commentary and you can find me on facebook it's just phil campbell remember to get on like the podcast, share the podcast, interact with the podcast. And also get on
2: to Brave Combat Federation's pages as well. Get on there for all the latest news, anything that's coming out in terms of fight card announcements. But you will be hearing from us at least once a week. And as we said, during fight week, we will be upping that to, uh, to once a day at least. Um, and then a couple of uh, social media stories, Instagram posts, that kind of thing. But again, anything you want us to cover – topics you want us to speak about anything you want to see during fight week from myself or full or just brave generally hit us up on social media and we'll see you next week beautiful mate. peace love and bot, mate. back at you
0: hello brave nation my name is kirk Janess. i'm part of the brave combat federation broadcast team Like each of us, like all of us, fighting is in my DNA. My granddaddy was captain of the wrestling team at Lehigh. My daddy was a founding member of the Harvard Judo Club. And when at age 13 I saw a Bruce Lee movie, I never wanted to do anything with my life but fight. At the time, I was living in the mountainous African kingdom, Lesotho, and the Korean government had sent two taekwondo experts to train the police. And I got access to train with them. It was actually on the grounds of a prison. Those two Koreans, Taeyun Pak and Ma Yoon, went on to have truly celebrated careers. Mr. Pak ended up as coach of the U.S. Olympic Taekwondo team, and Mr. Yoon became the bodyguard for Kenya's first president, Jomo Kenyatta. Mr. Yoon got rich, too. When I graduated from high school and went to college, I continued to study with the best kicker in sport karate, Larry Kelly, who some of you may... You may recognize from the viral fame he achieved when he knocked out Billy Blanks of Tybo fame with a hook kick. Larry passed away recently in a collision with a texting teen, but he and I owned a gym together for a quarter century. Moving back a little, maybe 10 years, a decade or so, a little bit more after I opened up the gym. It was 1993, possibly 92. And I saw some ads for an all styles competition in Colorado. But the truth is it, it, I didn't think a thing of it. I had seen a whole bunch of previous attempts at, at various mishmash mixed rules events, and none of them, none of them stuck. Uh, a gentleman named Tommy Lee put on something called the World Series of Martial Arts in Honolulu. It was actually pretty cool. Count Dante of comic book fame put on the Taunton Death Matches, which ended up in reality being something like the Taunton Bloody Nose Matches. Uh, Frederick Hamilton, he had a pro bare-knuckle event in either Harlem or Queens, I forget. Aaron Banks got his uh, Oriental World of Self-Defense on Wide World of Sports. And he had things like Judo versus Wrestling with a wrestler and a gi, boxing versus karate. He even had a gigantic male beat the hell out of a, a little woman. So when I saw this new, this new mixed whatever-it-was event, I just thought it was another goofy mismatch. I, I wasn't real serious about it. But we did all decide to watch it at a friends condo. We were talking a little bit about who who was gonna win. My my vote my vote was for Taylor Thule. And of course, when the broadcast started, the very first thing we saw was Gerard Gordeaux kicking Taylor Thule's toothy literally right into the crowd. And at that moment I realized this was I don't know if it was as real as it gets, but this was real. This was something different. This was an evolution in martial arts. This was the application of the scientific method to martial arts. If you want to prove that your martial art is best, fight an exponent of another martial art, let's find out. That sounds as simple as wheels on luggage, but really nobody had done it up until uh, Hori and Gracie put together UFC 1 along with Art Davey and a, a team of pioneers. Literally, the very day after UFC 1, we sent off for Horion Gracie's tape set. And once again, the same way I was confused about Taylor Tooley, I was confused about these tapes. There was an entire tape on passing the guard. But why would passing the guard make any sense? It didn't to me. Nobody knows what the guard is, so why do you learn to pass it? But we immediately opened up a club, New England Submission Fighting, which as far as I know is the first MMA gym in my home state of Massachusetts, USA. By the 90s, I was driving to Manhattan on Fridays for a private lesson with Henzo Gracie. And because my memory is so bad, I can hide my own Easter eggs. I was taking a lot of notes. I was also, I'd also stumbled into the internet and I found a forum, Tim Musell's forum. I think it was defend.net. And one day I saw a picture of Hickson Gracie's blue belt test. And all these moves I'd been learning suddenly clicked together. I saw an underlying structure. It sounds stupid simple. But Hickson just said, there's a tax mount and there's how to get out mount. There's a tax from guard, and there's how to pass the guard, and so on. And suddenly, I had a structure in my head. So I started reorganizing my notes according to that structure. At some point, I bought a digital camera. I started adding pictures to my notes. And by 97 or so, I had a 600-page notebook. I figured some people might be interested in, the, in my notebook. So I grabbed some URLs, built a website to advertise it. And a kid who'd grown up in my gym, literally came into the gym when he was nine years old or so, he was studying coding in college. And he said, hey, let me build a site. And uh, I did. We called it the underground. And at the last minute, really just on a whim, we added a message board. That message board ended up being the most popular part of the UG and has remained to, to this day for, what's it been, over 20 years. We started with the URL submissionfighting.com. And that would have been in August of 1998, Um, but my my mom told me some of her friends got weird expressions on their face when she said submission fighting, so we switched to mixedmartialarts.com, then MMA.tv, and then finally back to mixedmartialarts.com, and that's where we are to this day. In 2009, I saw an RFP for an MMA records keeper for the Association of Boxing Commissions. I submitted a proposal. I made the first cut. I flew out to Kansas City competing against three or four other uh, teams for the position. And one of the ABC committee members was a UJ UGer, Dale Kloparchuk. And with his recommendation, for which I am eternally grateful, I won I have served as the sports official records keeper to the uh, very, very best of my ability ever since then. As the years went on, MMA grew enormously, grew exponentially, but my single favorite thing about it was dying. My favorite thing about MMA was that with enough hard work, a serious fan could make an actual difference. Guys were training in garages and getting into the UFC. Joe Silva had a big videotape collection. He became the UFC matchmaker. But as the sport at the highest level got corporatized with a ferocious focus solely on putting asses in seats, the access that fans had to the sport basically waned and waned to the point. point where I could barely recognize it. So I still love the sport. I still coached. I still refereed. I still judged. I pretty much have done everything besides ring card girl, but my my passion waned to a degree. Then about two years ago, I got an email from Brave Combat Federation Chief Marketing Officer Lucas Pereira Carano, and he said, hey, do you want to come to Brave 9 and International Combat Week in Bahrain? I did, and it blew my mind. The UFC was once young, aggressive, inspired, and intent on forever changing martial arts. And it was, as you can imagine, led by someone who was young, aggressive, inspired, and intent on game changing. But that had changed. Now it's Brave Combat Federation that is led by a man who is young and aggressive and innovative, Muhammad the Hawk Shahid. And Brave is inspired by a noble vision, a literally noble vision, that of His Highness Sheikhalid bin Hamad al-Khalifa, fifth son of the King of Bahrain. I had been I had been searching for, yearning for, wanting an MMA promotion with a purpose, with soul, with nobility. And Brave is literally and figuratively noble. Its goals are creating opportunity for fighters that otherwise have none. It's aiding the effort to get MMA into the Olympics, bringing together the amateur and professional movements. It's forging critical ties between people, critical ties between nations. It's elevating the character of combat sports athletes, and generally it's growing and uplifting the sport on a global basis. As I came to understand the Brave mission, my love for the sport was absolutely reborn. In the past year, I had the honor of doing color commentary in over a dozen countries and becoming a modest part of the noble effort to bring the benefits of MMA to those areas that most need it and to elevate MMA for all without the considerable worry of paying off a $4 billion note. In sum, Brave Combat Federation has inherited from the UFC the mantle as the greatest promotion on earth, and it will be for a long time. It's one of the singular honors of my life to become a part of Brave Nation.